you stand with us this morning as we celebrate the resurrection of our King? Come on, let's put our hands together.
Thank you, Jesus, God. We celebrate your resurrection this morning. We celebrate you. We give you our worship, God. We lift you above all other things. Sing the passion of our Savior.
There's good news this morning, church. Death is dead and Jesus is alive and we have life because of him today. Are you grateful for that this morning? Amen. You know, I know this morning we all come from a lot of different places, a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different lives and lifestyles. But I think the one thing that we can do before we go forward with this service is just open up our hearts and surrender to God and thank him for everything that he has done for us. Would you join me this morning if you're comfortable and would you just lift your hands all across this place and let's just surrender our lives in this morning unto our God. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus for us. We thank you that while we were lost in our sin, while we were yet sinners, Jesus made it all the way. He did not stop. He continued on even when it was hard so that we could be forgiven and reconciled to you, God. This morning, Father, we come into your house, a unified people gathered together to declare our thankfulness and our gratitude for everything that Jesus did for us. It's that sacrifice that we celebrate this morning. But with hope in our heart, we look ahead recognizing that the empty tomb gives us new life. We celebrate that life this morning, Jesus, and we thank you for that new life that we have in you. We honor you today. We give you our lives, and we give you this time. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Come on, let's give our God a big shout of praise this morning. So good to see you in church this morning. I hope that you are as excited as I am to be in the house of God. It's Resurrection Sunday. He is risen, and we are thankful today. Welcome to the bridge. Welcome to the 1130 service. Before you find your seat this morning, I got to send out a quick SOS. That means scoot over some because we got to make some room for people to come in right now and find a seat. So if you are sitting near the aisle, please scoot in if you would to make room for somebody else. And as you do that, would you just turn around this morning and say hi to somebody, welcome them to church, tell them how good they look on Easter Sunday. It's so, so good to be with you today. Awesome. It is so good to see you this morning in church. Thank you so, so much for being here today. It is Resurrection Sunday, and we are glad that we get to spend the morning with you. I know we still got a few people looking for seats, and we're helping you out. The ushers are there in the aisles to help you find them. But as everybody's getting comfortable this morning, I want to take a moment and welcome you to church, especially if you are a guest today. If this is your very first time at the bridge, hey, we recognize that there are many people who are invited guests, your friends, family members, neighbors, co-workers that are here at the bridge for the very first time. We are so grateful that you're here today, and we want to welcome you. You could have been at any of the great churches here in the valley, and you chose to be with us this morning. We are honored to get to host you and serve you today, so welcome. If you are interested in finding out more about the bridge, we would love to meet you, so I want to personally invite you. Stop by the info center on your way out. It's to your right. As soon as you walk through this first set of exit doors after the service, our team 
team would love to meet you, answer any questions you might have, tell you more about the church. We would love to help you get plugged in. Not only that, but we also have a connect card that's at the seat back in front of you. If you'd like to grab that and fill that out, if you are a guest and you want to get plugged in or connected, we invite you to fill this out. And later on at the conclusion of service, there's going to be a container that'll pass you right by. You can drop it in that container if you'd like to find out more info about the church. We would love to help you get plugged in. So thank you so, so much for being in church this morning. If you're a regular part of the Bridge family, why don't we put our hands together today and welcome all of our guests to church today. God bless you. Welcome to Easter at the Bridge. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, turn to somebody and say, you look good in your Easter bonnet. <laughs> Saw one old guy back there, said, that's not my bonnet, that's my toupee. I'm going to say, Pastor Gary needs a toupee. Hey, I'm glad to see you. Thanks for being here on Easter Sunday at the bridge. We really like to call it Resurrection Sunday because we're here today to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what this day is all about. But also today, we want to tell you the story of redemption. That's the theme for this year's Easter service, the story of redemption. One of the questions that will be asked by some people is, okay, uh, redemption isn't a word that I use in my everyday vocabulary, so exactly what does redemption mean? Well, if you go to your dictionary, you'll find two or three different definitions, but if you put it together, here's what it says. Redemption is the act of gaining or regaining possession of something in exchange for a price that's paid. It's the act. It's an action word. Redemption is an action word where God gives something in exchange for the possession of something. Interesting words. Let me illustrate it this way, perhaps. Many years ago, there was a, a little boy who lived in a small town in the Midwest. And from the time he was quite young, he was intrigued with working with his hands. He loved to do woodworking and work with tools, and his dad had a lot of woodworking tools, so his dad taught him at a young age how to use the tools, and he became well-known around town, especially among the other kids, for the way he could work with tools. And so one day he got this large piece of wood, and he began to carve on it and chip away and work and work. He worked days, which turned into weeks. After school, it turned into months. Literally for months, he worked on building a boat that would float. And when he got finished, it was beautiful. Every detail was carved out perfectly. It looked like a yacht, except that it had a sail on it. And when he finished this boat, he took it down to the local lake where his friends went and played. And they would make these little boats out of a flat piece of wood. And their, 
these little guys would race their boats across the shallow end of the lake. It was a long, narrow lake, so they would race across the lake. And usually the wind would blow in one direction or another across the, the small end of that lake. So he took his boat down there, and his boat was so beautiful. Everybody in town was amazed. But the interesting thing was his boat not only floated, it was the fastest boat in the water because of the large sail on this boat. So this kid re received a lot of fame around town, but one day these boys are out, they're having their boat races, and suddenly a storm began to blow in from the wrong direction, and it started pushing those boats across the long end of the lake. And before long, they were out in the deep water where the boys couldn't get to them. The wind was so strong, it was driving them down to the deep end of the lake where there were rocks and boulders and cliffs, and they couldn't access their boats. And most of those boats turned over in that wind, and they sank that day, but this one boy's boat, the last time they saw it, it was way down towards the far end of the lake, as far as they could see it till it went out of sight. For days, he and his father would go down to the far end of the lake. They would search all around the lake looking for that boat, and they never found the boat. They just assumed it must have capsized. The little boy was brokenhearted because he'd created that boat. He put so much time into it, so much work and energy. He was just so sad, and for weeks he just couldn't get over it. Months went by, and one day he was in town, and he kind of forgotten about his boat. And he's walking with his family down the streets of this little town, and he looks in the window of this store. It's a second-hand store. He looks in there at antiques and different items, and back on his shelf, he sees something that looks familiar. He runs into the store and runs to the shelf, and sure enough, there is his boat sitting on the shelf. And he grabbed that boat and started out the door and said, Dad, I found my boat, I found my boat. And the storekeeper grabbed him and said, Whoa, whoa, where are you going with my boat? The boy said, No, 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 that's my boat. I made this boat. I'm the creator of this boat. He said, I'm sorry, it's my boat. I bought this boat. It belongs to me. And the boy said, No, it's mine. I want it back. And he, the, the storekeeper said, You can have it back, but it's going to cost you. He said, How much? And he told him. The boy went home, broke open his piggy bank, didn't have enough money started selling off his toys until most of his toys were gone. And finally, he collected enough money to go get his boat. He walked into the store, proudly laid the money on the counter, went, went over and grabbed the boat and walked out of the store and said, Now it's twice mine. First I created it, and now I've paid for it. It is mine. That's what redemption is. God created us. Our sin caused us to run from him and be separated from him. But then God paid a price to bring us back into his family, to redeem us, bring redemption into our lives. That's a little picture of redemption. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says, In him, speaking of Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This verse really gives us a description from the Bible of what redemption is. It's God paying the price of his son, the blood of his son, to wash away our sins and bring us redemption. On this Easter weekend, if you've noticed the last couple of days, on your television, there are all kinds of programs about the life of Jesus, and they show different scenes from the life of Jesus. When you think about Jesus and his life, you may have different scenes in your mind. For example, when you think of Jesus, you may think of his birth in a manger. You may think of wise men and shepherds. 
a star in the sky. Or when you think of Jesus, you may think of when he began his ministry, his first miracle, when he turned water into wine at the wedding feast of Cana. You may think of Jesus and you may see his hands in action as he touches the sick and heals them, as he opens up blinded eyes and unstops deaf ears. You see different scenes in the life of Jesus. Perhaps in your mind you see him cleansing lepers with a touch or with a word. Everywhere Jesus went, he was touching lives and changing lives with his own hands because he was God's love expressed and extended to us. But when you consider the story of redemption, God's redemption, there are really just two scenes. First, it's the cross on which Jesus died. And the second scene is the open tomb. You see, on this Easter Sunday, on this resurrection day, we're here to celebrate the open tomb. But if you don't know why the tomb was open, if you don't understand the power of the cross, if you don't put the two scenes together, you miss the story of redemption. Let me ask you two questions today. First question, when you picture the cross in your mind, what do you see? Second question, when you picture the empty tomb in your mind, what do you see? Hang on to those two questions for a few moments because we'll come back to them. They're vitally important to our personal understanding of God's redemption plan. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, tells us how God demonstrates redemption to us. In verses 6 and 7, it tells us this, that when we were unable to go to God, when we were that without the strength or the ability to make our way from, to God, when we were separated from Him, lost in our sins, dead in our trespasses, we could not go to God. God sent Jesus, His Son, to die for us, that the door would be open for us to come home to God. Verse number 7, though, gives us another part of this redemption story, and I want you to consider it with me today. Verse number 7 says, it's really difficult to find someone who would die for you. Now think about that. I want to I illustrate it to you this morning. Lenny, I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. Just stand right there. Herman, I want you to stand right over there in the corner, okay? Listen, Herman looks sharp today. Look at that guy, man. You win the prize, Herman. Ladies, he is single, just so you know, in case you're interested. Woo, listen. <laughs> Make your day, didn't it, Herman? This is a good Easter, buddy. <laughs> I said good Easter, buddy, not bunny, okay? Um, let's see, right here. Who do I want to stand? Let me see here. Sir, I want you to stand right there. Second row, right there. Yeah, no, no, right there. I want you to stand. Yeah, that's, that's good, right there. I want you to stand right there. You and your wife both, stand up. I'm going to illustrate something to you. I wish this morning I had time to have every one of you stand up one at a time, but I can't do that. I don't have time. The question is, if you look at the person nearest you today, would you die for that person? Or if you were standing today, do you think there's anyone in this room who might die for you? So you look around the room and you realize it's a rare thing for someone to lay down their life for someone else. But here's what God says. When you were lost and in your sins and no one else was willing to die for you, I sent my son to die for you. Now stay, stay standing in just one more moment because I want to show you one more thing. 
What is the value of any one of these lives? Men and women, what's the value of these people? What's the value of a human life? What is your value? God determines your value by the price he was willing to pay to ransom you. God says, you are so valuable to me, I give my own son to buy you back into freedom and to come into my family. That's a picture of redemption. Verse number 8, Romans 5 says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's redemption. Thank you. You can sit down. I appreciate it. In the Old Testament, the word redemption is seen a number of times. But in the Old Testament, the price for redemption was a temporary price, a temporary sacrifice. In the old redemption, the price for your sin and your failures was a lamb, a physical lamb, a, a young lamb. And every year, those who were part of the nation of Israel were required to bring a lamb to the priests. And the priest would slice the lamb's throat and drain away the blood and throw it against the altar. And that person would be released to go away. And for another year, temporarily, their sins would be covered. A lamb was the price of redemption. But remember the story of John the Baptist when he's baptizing in the Jordan. And one day he looks up and sees Jesus Christ coming down the riverbank. And what are John's words? He says, behold the Lamb of God who will take away all the sins of the world. He wasn't talking about a temporary sacrifice. He wasn't talking about God sending another son every year. What he was saying, one, once and for all, one will come who will bear all the sins of the world, who will pay all the price that every one of us can be redeemed. We can enter into redemption and be freed from our sins and find a brand new life in Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, Jesus became the Lamb of God. Permanently. Forever, once and for all, he shed his blood as a price for our redemption. You know, the horror of crucifixion, I think, sometimes gets lost in Christianity. When I preach on the cross, I, I paint the scene as it is. It's ugly. Crucifixion's ugly. To stop and think that what is a beautiful silver cross around your neck on a chain or a gold cross or an emblem as we have hanging over my head today, something as beautiful as that in reality was an ugly, ugly, horrible, horrible scene. To understand the torture that Roman soldiers would beat you with a whip 39 times and rip the flesh away from your back until the bone and your insides were exposed. To stop and realize they'd take you to a hill and stretch you out and after putting a crown of thorns on your head and laughing and beating and slapping and slugging you, then they would nail your feet to a cross. Then they would nail your hands to the cross and they would raise you up and they would wait for you to become so exhausted that you couldn't support yourself and you would suffocate under that pressure. And if you didn't do that in their period of time, after several hours, they would break your legs so you could no longer push up and grab a breath. That was the horrible scene, the horrible circumstances under which Jesus died to bear our sins. His body, his feet, his legs, his back, his stomach, his head and face. He was beaten till you couldn't recognize him. And the hands that had touched so many lives and worked miracles were nailed to a cross because 
The story of redemption was written all over his body and all over his hands. Horrific scene. But three days later, that ugly scene turned beautiful. When the angel rolled the stone away and Jesus came out of that tomb. Oh, we celebrate the open tomb today, but we need to stop and realize the reason the stone was rolled away is because God accepted the payment that Jesus made on the cross. And we are justified today because of Jesus. We have redemption because of his blood that was shed. What a beautiful thought. You know, in the New Testament, You'll see the word redemption a number of times in Scripture. And in the New Testament, usually when you see that word redemption in English, if you go back into the original writings, and I'm certainly not a scholar, but if you go back into the original writings in the Greek, you'll find that the word that we translate redemption is a compound word. It's two words put together to make one word. And really there are two meanings in that word, and I want to explain it to you. The word is apolytrosis. And what it means literally is this, two things. First, it means to take something off and take it away. On the cross, Jesus took our sins off of us and took them upon himself to take them away from us. But the second part of the word means something that is used to give freedom. In other words, it's a ransom price that is paid. Not just so your past is forgiven, but so the doors are open that you can walk into a brand new kind of life in Jesus Christ. The price is paid and now I'm freed to move on in God. Let me tell one more story if I could. Years ago on the East Coast, there was a very well-known pastor who pastored a good-sized church. And one day he was leaving the church office. He was heading home and he started out around the front of the church. And again, a little boy's involved. A little boy comes walking down the street and he's got this small little wire cage. And inside that small cage, he's got six or seven little birds just jammed in that cage. They're alive, but they're lifeless. They look weak. They look weary. They're not making bird noises. They're just trapped in that cage. And the pastor stopped the little boy and said, Son, what's the deal with the cage and the birds? Where'd you get that? The little boy said, Well, Behind my house, there's a field that's open, and these birds nest and fly around out there. And so I set traps, and I caught each one of these birds myself, and I put them in this cage we had at the house. And I've been playing with them now for two or three days. But you know what? They're not very much fun anymore. They're not moving much. They're just kind of sitting there looking at me. They don't sing any songs. They're just little old worthless birds, and so I'm going to get rid of them. And the preacher said to the boy, well, son, what... What are you going to do with them? The boy said, I'm going to take them home and feed them to our cat. That's all they're good for. And the pastor looked at the little boy and said, hey, I, I've got a better idea. How about I buy that cage and those birds from you? The little boy looked at him and said, what? He said, yeah, I'll give you $20 for that bird cage with those birds inside. The little boy looked at him and said, sir, that, that's a bad deal for you. These birds are worthless. They're just little old bitty birds. They don't sing a song. They don't make noise. They are worthless. They're almost dead. The pastor said, I don't care. I'll give you $20 for those birds in that cage. The little boy said, okay, but you're making a bad deal. He took the $20, gave the pastor the cage, and went running down the street waving that money thinking, man, I have struck it rich. The pastor took the cage and went out back of the church and opened the doors and slowly moved the birds out. 
And one by one, as soon as they realized they were free, they would take off flying, singing the most beautiful song you've ever heard in your life. Sunday morning rolled around. The pastor happened to be preaching that Sunday. Out of Luke 19.10, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he took that birdcage to the pulpit and he told the story of what happened with the little boy that week. And he said, you know what? That little boy told me those birds were worthless. They made no music whatsoever. But when I opened the doors to that prison, it sounded to me like they were flying away singing, free at last, I am redeemed. Free at last, I am redeemed. And he said, as a matter of fact, you need to understand today, you were in sin's cage. You had no way out. There was no way for you to ever be freed. But Jesus came and opened the door for you, and you are now free. And it sounds to me like we ought to be singing, free at last, I have been redeemed. I'm redeemed. The beauty of redemption is it's something that God meant for each of us to experience. It's not just about mental belief. It's about a spiritual faith in what God did by sending His Son to redeem us. God wants us to experience redemption so we can have our own redemption story. Listen today to a couple of redemption stories. My name is Holly, and this is my story of redemption. My life started out as an adopted child at six weeks old. My earliest memories um, were given to me actually by family members that told me that I had been abused by my adoptive mother from a very young age. Um, neglect, every day being hit, every day being spanked, my hair being pulled. Around the age of nine, I saw a sign for Vacation Bible School. We weren't raised in church. My parents had told us from a very young age, you guys can decide what you want to do. So we spent a week at Vacation Bible School, and I felt love, I felt acceptance, I felt joy, I heard the message of Jesus. I learned that God sent His only Son to die on a cross for me. The lonely little girl that I was, hearing that Jesus was with me always and through all things, and that He suffered and He understood my suffering, He understood my pain, it really made an impression on me and it really made me want more of Him. So my freshman year of high school, a boy that I kind of had a crush on invited me to youth group. And the very first night, I felt that same love, that same feeling I had when I went to Vacation Bible School. So I invited my mom to church. I knew that she could change if she really wanted to, if she met Jesus like I had met Jesus. I knew there was hope for her. I wanted the pain and the suffering in my family to stop, and I knew Jesus had the power to do that she decided to come with me. Even though things got better with my mom over the years, I finally told her all the things that I thought she had done to me and all of the hurt, all of the pain came out. And she actually took responsibility and apologized and asked for forgiveness. So the last three years of her life were really beautiful and we became the mother and the daughter that I had never had. 
I started dating um, someone that I knew from youth group and I eventually ended up marrying him and found out that um, the abuse that I had suffered in my home life as a child um, was nothing compared to um, the abuse that I experienced in that relationship. I got married at 21 and divorced at 25. The blessing is a year after I was divorced, I met up with my husband now, who had been my high school sweetheart. I had met him at that youth group my freshman year of high school. And we had um, fallen in love and he was my first true love. And we had dated all through high school, but broken up my senior year. But thankfully, we got back together. We got married at 29, have three beautiful children. We've built a life together, and I've been able to be involved in ministry. Every adventure that I've wanted to take, he's, he's been my biggest supporter. About four years ago, our family moved to the Marietta, Temecula area, and we were looking for a church for our family. My husband and I were driving up Winchester, and we saw a sign that said the Bridge Church in the distance, and decided, you know what, we're going to come on Sunday. We're going to come. And it was the first time my family of five had gathered together, prayed together in a worship service, hands raised, connected to each other. It, it was like my own personal experience with Jesus now became my family's personal experience with Jesus. And we're worshiping together, we're praying together. And I was blown away. God honored the gift that he'd given me so long ago. And he allowed me become part of the worship team here at the bridge. And every time, I'm so thankful that I get the opportunity to serve and to honor him with the gift that he gave me. And as long as I use my gift for him, I'm blessed always. God has taken my brokenness and turned it into something beautiful. This is my story of redemption. I'm Rhonda, and this is my story of redemption. I remember going skating one night and my mom was late picking me up and we had a lot of friends there so one of her friends that I knew very well asked me if I would go and sit in the car with him so he could keep me safe until my mom came. So I did, didn't think anything about it and he raped me at 11 years old. I was horrified, crying. I had no clue what to do. I never told my mom and carried that with me my whole life. When I was 16 years old, my boyfriend at the time picked me up one day and wanted me to do drugs with him and he gave me a handful of pills. I took them and I remember we went up in the hills. He must have planned this episode because there was guys up there already and I by the time we got up in the hills I was pretty wasted and I remember him throwing me in the back seat and the guys were there and they gang raped me. I only remember being on the back seat and my head being hanging out the window and I was crying. I had a vision of Jesus face and I saw uh, through the trees and the sunlight, a big, soft face of Jesus. He showed me that vision. 
and I saw tears coming down his face. Touching mine, they rolled down my face. And I knew that Jesus saved me that day. I had a girlfriend that asked me uh, if I wanted to work in a bar as a topless dancer. And I didn't have a job at the time, so I said, sure. So I went down and met her and, and tried out for this job, and I got the job. And worked there for a while, and that's where I met my first husband. And then um, shortly after that, I ended up getting pregnant two months after we got married and had two kids and I became a mother and I had changed my life and wasn't doing drugs and drinking or anything anymore. I just wanted to be a good mother. He was always drinking, always gone, would go for two or three days at a time, never come home. I didn't know if he was dead or alive. It just went on and on for 22 years of that. So somebody told me about this church in Sun City and I decided to go ahead and try it out. So we went. The pastor was wonderful. I did get my son there and his friends and they all accepted the Lord. This pastor and his wife took me under their wings, became my best friends, showed me the ways of Jesus, walked me through everything and invested love in my life. And without them, I never would have survived a divorce, which was to me the worst thing to go through. I continued to go to this church and I finally learned who Jesus was, which pulled at my heart to pray for the kind of godly man that I wanted to be married to. And it took you know, five years for my heart to heal, but I did meet Will and I knew that he was my gift from God, my answer to prayer. We got married in 1996. We've been married 23 years. We have seven children and 32 grandchildren between us. And we have been serving the Lord together here at the bridge for five years. Jesus says he will never leave you nor forsake you. And he kept that promise. He never left me. This is my story of redemption.
So you've heard a little bit about the story of redemption. I asked you earlier to remember those two questions. First question, when you picture the cross, Jesus dying in your mind, what do you see? When I picture the cross, Jesus dying, I see somebody paying the price for me to walk into a relationship with God my price then I ask you about the open tomb when you picture the open tomb in your mind what do you see every time I see a picture of an open tomb I think about the fact that just like Jesus walked out of that grave to new life I've walked out of my grave I walked out of the cage I'm free to live a brand new life with God's blessings that's what redemption is Ephesians 2 says for by grace you've been saved through faith And it's not of yourself, it's a gift of God. Not something you can earn or deserve, but it's something you accept freely by faith from God. The truth of the matter is, everything Jesus did on the cross and everything we celebrate today about an open tomb means absolutely nothing unless you accept it and embrace it for yourself with faith. Then it becomes your story of redemption. How do you do that? You may be here today and maybe you've never had a relationship with God and you wonder, what do I do next? Very simple. You just allow God to come into your life and get involved. You don't have to have all the answers. You have to have an open heart and faith. We call it prayer, but it's just words of communication. I want to lead you in a prayer today. And I want to give you some words to pray. And there's nothing magic about this. But I'm going to ask you to wrap your heart and your faith around these words. Open your heart to God. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to ask everybody here in faith to pray this prayer. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I accept Jesus as my Savior. 
What he did on the cross is full payment for my sin. And I accept and choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. That I can learn your ways. That I can be your child. Come into relationship with you. Write a brand new story in my life. Write the redemption story all over me. Thank you for receiving me. From this moment forward, you are my father. I'm your child because of Jesus. Amen. Now, I want you to... It's awesome. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if you've been the prodigal on the run, it's the most important prayer and decision you ever make in life to open your heart to God. But that's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. It's just the start of a relationship with God. We don't believe Christianity is about religion. It's about relationship. We want to help you start building your relationship with God. We've got a little booklet. It's our gift to you. It's called The Next Seven Days. Two ways you can get it. When service is completed in just a few minutes, there'll be prayer teams at the front of the building. If you just walk up to one of these teams, and please know they're just everyday people like you and me. If you walk up to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet, they'll give it to you right there. No strings attached. If you want to get it and go, great. If you've got questions, they can answer questions for you. If you want prayer for something else, they're here to pray with you. But please, let us give you this book before you go today. It'll help you start building your relationship with God. Now, if you're in a really big rush, and I know this is Easter Sunday and you might have plans this afternoon, out in the lobby just before you exit the building where the glass doors are, right in the middle, there's a counter set up there with a sign. You can stop by there and get the same booklet there again. No strings attached. Please let us give this to you today. It'll help you a lot in your walk with God. Before you're seated, would you put your hands together and help me welcome new believers into God's family? (laughs) Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Happy Easter, everybody. Thanks so much for being here with us today. It is our pleasure to have you here today. And hey, this is our time of service where we're about to give to the Lord. And on the screen, they're going to show the different ways that that you can give. You know, this past Friday was Good Friday. And in our household, my my son was talking to, to my wife and, and just asking, well, you know, what's, why is it called Good Friday? So she starts to explain the crucifixion. My son is seven years old, and, and so my wife's explaining what Jesus went through. And just in his little eyes, just seeing, like, he did that? Well, why did he have to do that? He did that because he loved you. He did that because he was redeeming you. And friends, when we serve a God like that, isn't it so easy to give? It's not that we have to. It's that we get to. It's that we want to because of what he's done for us. So as we look to give today, give with a generous heart. And I want to say thank you because when you're giving, you're not only blessing this church, our local community, but your hands are reaching across this world and impacting lives in incredible ways. So thank you so much as you give. 
We're going to watch church news in a moment. Our ushers are going to come down. And if, hey, if you filled out one of those connection cards, and especially if you gave your heart to the Lord today, I would ask that you would slip that into there because we want to do this journey with you. Let's watch church news. Good morning, everyone. Happy Resurrection Sunday. My name is Adrian, and I want to give you a very special welcome to The Bridge. We hope that you feel right at home this morning and that you and your family have a great experience. This is a very special Sunday, and if you are a guest with us, we want to tell you more about the things happening here in the church. So let's check out church news and see what's coming up in the days ahead. We hope you'll find your place and be a part of all that God is doing here at The Bridge. Camp is searching for kids kindergarten through fifth grade to join us for an awesome summer adventure. Come discover that God is just, He is good, and He is our guide. This adventure is filled with water slides, interactive inflatables, Bible devotions, games, crafts, music, and more. The early bird rate of $60 and Sunday, May 26th. Don't let your kids miss out. Sign up today at thebridgechurch.tv. Hey church, we are very excited to tell you about our brand new format for Connecting Point. Connecting Point is the first place that you go if you are new to the church and you're looking to get involved or find out how you can make the bridge your home church. If that's you, we want to invite you to come to Connecting Point at its new time on Sunday morning, May the 5th, during the 1130 service. This is the place to come and learn more about the history, heart, mission, and vision of the Bridge Church and find out how you can play a part. If you would like to join us, there are three ways that you can sign up. You can stop by the Info Center before you go today, you can visit our website, or you can sign up on the Bridge app. We want to help you find your place in the church, so we hope to see you on Sunday morning, May 5th at Connecting Point. There's a place for everyone here at the Bridge. Every Sunday morning, Bridge Kids has a fantastic program that your kids, fifth grade and younger, are sure to love. Bridge Youth is for all junior high and high school students and meets on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. as well as Sunday mornings during the 11.30 service. Bridge Women is a place for all women, no matter what life might look like for you, to come and be encouraged with weekly gatherings on Tuesday mornings at 9.30 and monthly gatherings on the last Monday evening of the month. For every guy in the house, Bridge Men exists to equip men to stand strong in the gates God has placed you in and be the leader that He's called you to be. And finally, if you're looking to build friendships and grow in your faith, connect groups here at The Bridge are the best way to find community. To see a full list of our connect groups, be sure to check out our website or download The Bridge app. You can also pick up a connection guide at the Info Center before you go today. We hope you'll find your place and get connected here at The Bridge. Worship and Prayer Night is coming up Wednesday, May 1st at 7 p.m. Come join us as we pray for God's kingdom to come and His will to be done in our church, our community, and our lives. We will also have an extended time of praise and worship, honoring God and inviting His Holy Spirit to move among us. Youth and adults alike, do not miss out. Let's expect God to move in a powerful way. We will see you Wednesday night, May 1st.
If you are new to the bridge, we want to personally invite you to stop by the Info Center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. Our team would love to meet you and help you get connected in church life. They can also answer any questions that you might have about the church. For more general info and to stay up to date, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also stay plugged in by downloading the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app to 77977. Thanks again for spending your morning at the Bridge. We hope you have a wonderful Easter Sunday with your family and friends. One more time today, we want to say thank you so much for joining us for Resurrection Sunday here at the Bridge Church. It really is so great being in church with you this morning. And hey, before you go, we have got a photo booth set up out in the foyer across from the coffee bar. Take a moment, grab an Easter photo with your family and friends before you go today. You know, we just want you to know we love you. We pray for you. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Have an amazing Easter. Happy Easter.